0: The warmest of greetings to you and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching. This is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen to empower your children. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today
1: is... Hi I'm Helen and I have 12 years teaching experience across reception and
2: key stage one. Hi I'm Toria and I'm a year four teacher, at a school on the south coast and I'm the host of Tiny Voices Talks podcast and author of the soon to be published Tiny Voices Talk book. Woohoo! Yeah hey! That's exciting. <laughs> I know.
0: And we're very pleased to have you our listener with us as we explore personal social health and emotional education with a folktale from the southern United States of America. So for all the fun and effectiveness of story-led learning let's don our finest hats sprinkle some fairy dust and hang tight to our magic carpet as we dive into this week's story in a time when animals speak more than they do today, rare bunny is quite the bully, stealing food that others have worked hard to farm and teasing them when they can't keep up with him. To put a stop to all this and enjoy a rabbit stew in the process, cunning fox comes up with a plan to use bunny's rudeness against him, a fake bunny coated in a sticky tar, which he leaves in his farm for bunny to find. At first, Br'er Bunny didn't notice the tar bunny. He was too busy sniffing around to find the juiciest turnips to steal. When Br'er Bunny did notice the tar bunny, his ears went flat and his eyes went narrow. He puffed out his chest, marched up to the tar bunny and said, Oi, you, get out of here. This is my farm to steal from. Go away. The tar bunny didn't move and didn't say a word. Br'er bunny frowned. Hey, I said, oi, don't ignore me. What, can't you speak? Well, just push off. I don't want you here. I'm stealing these turnips, not you. Still, the tar bunny didn't move and didn't say a word. Br'er bunny lifted his fist. Now look here. If you don't get going, I'm, I'm going to thump you. I will. I'll thump you. So go on. Get. Still, the tar bunny didn't move and didn't say a word. Brer Bunny shook his head and said, All right. I warned you. I'm
1: going to thump you. Here.
0: And Brer Bunny punched the tar bunny as hard as he could. The tar bunny didn't move and didn't say a word. And now, the tar bunny held bunny's fist. And if you and your young learners want to find out whether bunny manages to escape Fox's trap, you can download our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for the tar bunny. There, you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children and if you're an epic educator as of 28th of october 2022 you'll also get the story as a paperback gorgeously illustrated by artist heather zeta rose in time for you to use for anti-bullying week 2022 don't worry if you've missed that though as you can order the book from any bookshop including amazon and epic educators can access the ebook and full audiobook through the epic tales app Right now, though, let's begin our discussion with Helen and Toria here by asking, folks, did this story keep you glued to every scene?
2: I absolutely loved it. I really did. It appealed to my sense of fairness, all in all. And it was really interesting the way Br'er Rabbit, I think Br'er Rabbit was portrayed in one sense, but could be seen in another sense, which I'm sure we'll get into Mm. later on. And I thought it was lovely to read sort of one of the original Brer Rabbit stories and find out how Brer Rabbit evolved really so yeah mm. i loved it i love this st- great great choice in my opinion
0: well it's because of your famous sense of fairness that you're on this podcast <laughs> with us talking, so. <laughs> but how about you helen
2: i'd have to agree i really like this story i've always
1: been interested in the Bread bunny stories and i'd like to read more of them actually so i'll have to do that mm. but yeah i like i like the character of Bread bunny i like the way he's a bit of a pickle and the yeah the things he learns along the way
0: <laughs> yeah of course that is one of the fantastic reasons i love this story too because Bread bunny is an Im- amazing character. I mean, to give him his proper title, of course, Br'er Rabbit. Br'er Bunny is very much our interpretation of him. But of course, Br'er Rabbit is a wonderful character who is extremely cunning and is sometimes using his cunning just to get his own way. Sometimes he's using it to rescue others. But in this story, and in the traditional version of this story as well, you see a very different side to him right at the very beginning of the story, which doesn't seem to match with any other part of the folklore and that's why i've I, I don't know if it actually is but i've always seen this story as being the genesis story for brer rabbit like it's the the original one where you get to see kind of spider-man style the bite that mm-hmm. turns into spider-man comes halfway through this story when he gets caught by fox is there a, a sort of overriding moral that comes from that for you
2: for me i think it really allows us to unpick bullying and anti-bullying mm. with the children, actually, and to look at the various characters. Because I think, like bullying, the story itself is quite complex when you unpick it. It's not simplistic. Yeah. There's a lot to yeah. it, and bullying itself is not simplistic. The word itself is used often by children, I'm being bullied, but actually mm. the meaning of bullying is quite deep as is i feel this story so i think there's quite a bit to unpick with it i think it's a really good choice for anti-bullying week because it's not um what's that? Is that ron seal you know it, it does what it says in the tin i don't think i think it's really <laughs> it's really really complicated this story because i think yes, yeah. you've got brer bunny who appears one way, but is completely different at the end. And actually, is Br'er Bunny a villain? Mm -hmm. Is Br'er Bunny a bully? And actually, can anyone consider Br'er Bunny that way? So I think, yeah, it's really quite complicated. And there's so much to unpick with it.
1: As I mentioned earlier, I like the character of Br'er Bunny, partly because of that he's not Mm. straightforward. yeah. And there's a lot to look at in his character and how he behaves and acts throughout the story, the consequences of that, and what he learns about that in terms of, bullying. I mean, in the early years, I tend to talk more about kindness and unkindness. Mm. And there's so much to talk about under those Mm. headings of kindness and unkindness in this story.
0: Well, yeah, let's start to unpick some of these themes then. Can Can we start at your end of the school, Helen, with ages four to seven? Just because if we are going to be straying from the Ron Seal side of Br'er Rabbit, we may need to Mm -hmm. let ourselves get more nuanced as the episode goes on.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, just starting with that character of Br'er Bunny, I was able to come up with a few different PSHE type activities or discussions for the younger children. Mm -hmm. They're all linked I think because they're linked by the character, but they're quite different. They all kind of come under that overarching theme of anti-bullying, hmm. week, but how children just be kinder to each other, really. So the first heading I've given my activity is compliments and individuality, because at the very start of the story, Rare Bunny is being very unkind about hmm. aspects of some different animals. He's very rude about them, about those very specific aspects of... Of those animals. Yes. And there's a lot to be explored in that. You know, firstly, uniqueness what makes the animals unique and mm. how could Brad Bunny be more positive about those aspects of the animals and how he could compliment them instead of being rude about them? So I thought that'd be a good way to introduce children to paying compliments, to looking for what's unique about, well, firstly, the animals in the story and how Brad Bunny could be kind and could recognize their uniqueness and give them some compliments. But then yeah. obviously link that to our friends our classmates and what's unique about each of them and each of us. And instead of seeing our individuality as, as a bad thing, mm-hmm. things to be laughed at, how we can give each other compliments.
0: Yeah, so it's what's good about those unique traits, yes.
1: isn't it? Yeah, and what makes us all individual, <clears throat> and the fact that that's a really good thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mentioned Spider-Man earlier, and I, I think with superheroes, it can be a good segue as well, because mm-hmm. if you take a, a character like Spider-Man, he is a mutant. He has all the same sorts of things wrong with him as quite a few of of the villains in the Spider-Man stories. You know, they all have something wrong with them or it can be looked at as being a a negative trait, (sighs) being able to stick to walls and shoot web randomly from your hands and, and that sort of thing. But it's because he chooses to see them as positive tools and uses them to save others whereas you know the villains are obviously using their mutant disabilities as weapons of destruction so being able to kind of take the idea of what is your uniqueness and turn it to a positive turn it into
1: a superpower but well you know what can we use this for our individuality within the classroom All our individual skills, all our individual features. I really like that idea. Mm. And it's lovely, you know, if you've ever done that with children, just encouraging them to pay each other compliments and just hearing them compliment each other Mm. and say how good each other is at various things and being positive about that.
2: And I think they need to learn that skill because it's not one that they naturally have. And it's, you know, it really is important that we teach children that skill. And I would say not just, you know, in early years, but continue as they go up through the school, because it's absolutely vital, you know, children forget to look outwards and are very busy looking inwards.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the earlier you start that, the better, because I I find that the younger the children are, the less self-conscious they are Mm -hmm. about giving each other compliments. If they learn to do that from a young age, it's more Mm -hmm. natural building each other up Mm. and making that sort of a part of the school ethos.
0: You can map that very closely to the story, actually, can't you? Because being able to give compliments like that probably requires a little bit more thought. When you're saying, Toria, that um, children need to learn this skill, Mm. I think it comes from the fact that we're so used to seeing, certainly as uh, young children, but... Maybe uh, it can stray into adulthood as well. You know, you see something that's different to yourself. And so your Mm. instant reaction is to kind of um, pick up on that and pick up on the difference, which can, you know, for some people lead uh, into a very negative place. But it takes a little bit of thought to actually stop and say, oh, hold on a minute. That may be different to me, but that doesn't mean that there's anything bad about it. So, yeah, just like Brer Bunny learns to put a bit more thought into his actions. That's what you're doing with compliments too. Mm.
1: This is just reminding me of a discussion we had in my class a while ago. This was reception children. And one of them happened to just say, as reception children do, you know, they say these things. I think she said something like, wouldn't it be great if we all looked exactly the same way? <laughs> it just so happened that we were able at that time to have a chat about that. Mm. And the fact that she thought, she just innocently said, wouldn't it be great if we all looked exactly the same, all spoke exactly the same, all had the same hair colour, all of this.
0: Did she give a reason for it?
1: Do you know, I don't think she did. I think when we sort of said a why, she just said, oh, it would just be really nice. Then we'd all be exactly the same. And that led on to mm. a discussion about Actually, how we're all different and why that's good. That sort of theme of uniqueness. Yeah. Again. The second one is linked directly to the first one. <laughs> so okay. Standing up to people when they're they're not positive about your differences. So I right. thought I've, I've sort of called this activity, what could tortoise say? Obviously, we don't want other people being unkind and saying unkind things, mm. but it happens. So something we want the children to do is develop some resilience and some responses and some ways to react positively when these things happen Mm. so i thought it'd be good to put the children into a role as agony aunts for tortoise and help him to know what what he could have said well actually because it was not okay what brer bunny said to him and to bison what could they say in response instead of getting upset instead of lashing out at brer bunny what could they say how could they articulate their feelings because again that's such an important thing for children to learn to do to recognize how they feel and what's made them Mm. feel that way and then how they can respond and articulate their feelings. So I thought it could be one of those situations where you have someone sitting in a chair being Brad Bunny Mm. and act out these little scenarios where Brad Bunny shouts at the different animals and is rude to them and then get the children to respond as those animals mm. what could you say back to Bear Bunny how could you tell him how you feel and that it's not okay so a little bit of standing up for themselves and, and doing that in the protective context of role play and a story mm. and then help the children to apply that to their own real lives in the playground in the classroom
0: yeah and I think you've, you've picked up on something that's really important there which is um, why using a story like this is so good yeah. for something like anti-bullying uh, I can remember walking with a colleague through Glastonbury Festival when we were on our way to the storytelling tent there and they had an anti-bullying tent set up as well and what they were essentially doing was demonstrating bullying to some of the youths who were there and encouraging them to take part in these demonstrations and in this sort of isolated incident where you are basically being just a random person mm. hurling abuse at another random person What well, what's basically going on there is you are being taught how to be a bully yeah. it may be within the context of an anti-bullying theme but as part of that you are being taught to bully whereas if you take a story like this and you have a character who is being a bully and what you're asking the children to do is essentially role play as the a character and, and also as a character who's not even human you create more of a distance between yeah. the action that you are asking them to demonstrate and themselves so they are not going to be actually themselves trying to be a bully they are going to be trying to be brer bunny who is being a bully so yes i think that's definitely a safer way to explore resilience, as, as you were saying, to bullies than just getting the children to act as bullies.
2: What's interesting, actually, on the back of what you have just said, Chip, and the back of what you said, Helen... Is that actually if you look at social media and you look at these trends that occur on TikTok or whatever else Mm. and you look at the videos that are recorded, often the videos that are recorded that have the most sort of watches are those where people are being nasty to other people. And then you have children replicating that because... Yeah. It is people mm. making fun of people, making fun of people's uniqueness, as you've just said. But actually, what we're not seeing on social media necessarily is that resilience that you've talked about, and how yeah, children can response. actually practice response to the the, yeah. the, you know the negative behavior. and I think actually what you're saying, Helen, is so vital that we have to give children a rehearsal platform for that so that they know what to do. because mm. I think it's fascinating that social media seems to go on the back of really negative behaviors an awful lot of the time. You know, you don't actually see that many social media videos where people are being jolly nice to each other. Or at least they don't seem to be the ones with the biggest hits.
0: Yeah, I'm sure I I saw something about how the algorithms favor those that get more angry faces or those that get more um, laughter faces. And if you have something on social media that is just, you know, a a really nice example of something, it's more likely to get a heart or a thumb, or it's not likely to get a positive comment. Whereas in order to keep people coming back, for some reason, uh, the masters of these things reckon that they should promote things that incite rage more that that's going to get more engagement and uh, I don't know about you folks but it's not my experience at all I, I find that people do like to hear about mm, nice positive stories positive and they things. do um, respond and yes. engage with those just as much
2: and I think it's really important as educators that's that what we're providing our children with and as Helen is saying you know yeah. providing her children with that ability to practice response and resilience in the face of someone being negative.
0: Mm. Have have I mentioned humankind on, I know I've mentioned humankind on one of the These podcasts before, but I can't remember whether it was with you guys or not. Have I mentioned Humankind? Tell us more. So, Humankind is a book by Rutger Bregman, who I believe is a Swedish author, and it's a fantastic book that just cracks every single myth out there about how humans are naturally nasty. Mm -hmm. You know, this whole original sin idea, or this big idea that came around a little while ago that you know children are naturally selfish and they're only in it for themselves. And it basically puts forward study after study after study, which says, no, that's complete trollop. In reality, human beings have a natural dispensation to be kind to one another and want to look out for each other. And it's the fact that this sometimes gets manipulated and abused or maybe even twisted, I would say, by certain factors, some of which are environmental, some of which are personal, which, yeah, creates these um, misconceptions. One of the biggest fallacies it brings out is, you know, we all think other people would behave worse than we do. And as a consequence, because we have such a cynical view of each other, we kind of create a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I think part of what you're saying there, Toria, is... Uh, You know, related to that, because we all expect other people to behave badly. We see those things on social media with other people behaving badly. And we kind of look at that and think, yeah, see, that reinforces Mm -hmm. my viewpoint. Whereas when we see other people behaving well, we kind of feel more of an affinity for that. So it could be just as popular on social media if the folks who programmed this social media <laughs> could uh, just, yeah, have a read of that book, Humankind by yes. Rutger Bregman. <laughs> that
1: sounds like a good book.
0: It's got some brilliant ideas for teaching there as well, by the way. and so very very highly recommended
1: <laughs> and kind of a, another again kind of linked but but not quite the same final pshe discussion slash activity i thought of for the younger children and again it's something that i think we need to teach children to do and teach children the worst to say mm. is I, I put all about solving solving problems when something isn't going your way right. in the story for bunny is very upset because he sees this bunny doing something he doesn't like now we have to slightly set aside the fact that Rare Bunny wants to be stealing vegetables and things um, because, you know, mm. maybe he shouldn't should be doing that. So it's, that, but putting that to one side. And the Th- way that's he... part
0: of the nuance that we're going to be covering. Very soon. Uh. <laughs> um, the,
1: the fact is that Rare Bunny at this point is very, very cross. Yes. The way he approaches this is maybe not the most effective way that we can approach people that are doing something we don't like. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of shouting and screaming, even from the start, mm-hmm. admittedly, Tar Bunny doesn't respond, which probably doesn't help, but he does a he does a lot of shouting and oi and this and kicking and hitting, which isn't very effective, whether you're trying to talk to a tar bunny or whether you're talking to a human a human being. Mm. And I thought this would be a good opportunity to similarly to the previous activity is to teach children some of the things they can say if someone has upset them. Because Brer Bunny, again, putting the morals of his activities to one side, Brer Bunny is genuinely upset. Yes, He's not just sad for no reason. He is genuinely upset. And I guess we have to acknowledge those feelings of anger and upset. Mm. And that happens in every classroom, to every person, to every child, to every adult. Things upset us. They genuinely upset us. But what we need to do is learn how to respond and what we can say to people who are doing something we don't like. Mm. Whether they're stealing something from us, whether they're copying our work at school, whether they're not letting us play in their game at school. So I thought it would be a really good opportunity there to come up with a way to, you know, what, what could Bread Bunny say that would maybe mm. be more effective, be a bit more yeah. polite, <laughs> choose his words more carefully, not use his pause. You know, we often in early years, we would talking about kind kind feet and kind hands. Talk about Br'er um, Bunny, how can you have kind paws and <laughs> and actually articulate what the problem is and have a discussion, again, putting aside the fact yeah. that the Tar Bunny doesn't respond.
0: <laughs> yeah, a few, a few stories ago, pretty sure, Helen, you were on our podcast about the Great Fire of London. Yes. And we were talking about um, making mistakes there. And it's sort of similar for Br'er Bunny, I guess, in the, um, things aren't going his way as they didn't go the way of Sir Tommy, the mayor of London during the fire of London. But it just, I guess the reason why I thought of it was because it might be worth stressing for your young learners that again, people are going to make mistakes and it can be really easy to think about how bunny You know, should have behaved in that instant, and how you yourself should behave Mm -hmm. if you're in a similar instant. But sometimes our emotions can get the better of us. And yes, as well
1: demonstrated by Brad Bunny.
0: Exactly. And (laughs) so it can be worth letting your young learners know that, you know, no matter how much you work on this it does take practice and so if they fail in the first instance if they do get so angry that they throw a tantrum or, or, or whatever that they shouldn't just get more and more upset with themselves for having let their emotions get the better of them that did you, did you see what i'm saying
1: yeah, i and i think that's a really important point and we could maybe use bread bunny again someone in an adult enroll maybe hmm. and help him to understand that it's, it's okay how he responded. We understand and get the children to understand that too because I imagine their first response will be, oh no, he shouldn't do that. That's awful. That's terrible behavior. Mm. All of this. But actually maybe help the children to feel some sympathy or empathy for for Br'er Bunny uh, before then giving him some alternatives.
0: And in the same way that we said in the mistakes discussion during the Great Fire of London story, that though it was a mistake, it did allow London to be rebuilt in a way that would make it more safe and effective against fires. Here, it's Br'er Bunny's rudeness and his mistake that leads to him getting trapped and ultimately helps him to learn how to be a better bunny so
1: yes very true you, could
0: say, you know you, you go through these mistakes you learn how to do it better next time the important thing is to learn from your mistakes
1: i like that i like the idea of looking at the character of bear bunny throughout the story and talking to children about how he changes but why he changed mm. actually the learning from his mistakes and improving as a bunny <laughs> through mm-hmm. through all those mistakes he made
0: And already, I think by doing that, you'll be starting to touch on some of the nuance I imagine we're going to explore as we go up to ages 7 to 11. So, Toria, how deep do you want to dive?
2: I actually want to dive quite deep, if I'm honest, with the children, because I think, as I said earlier, bullying itself is a widely misunderstood term. I think Mm. lots of children will come in from the playground saying, I'm being bullied but won't necessarily understand what it means. And I think, you know, once they hit the stage that I teach year four, et cetera, you can have quite a decent conversation with them about what bullying is and what it isn't. So the very first activity mm-hmm. that I'd want to do with regards to this is to discuss what bullying is and isn't. And actually, who the bully in the story is. Is there actually a bully or are there mm. just very disgruntled people or animals, I should say, Mm. throughout it. And there's not actually a bully per se, because there's no one in that. If you go by the definition of bullying, bullying is negative behavior towards someone that is repeated again and again and again. So the first activity is very much unpicking what bullying is and what it isn't. The second Mm -hmm. activity then, I've entitled it judge and jury. Is Mm. rare bunny a bully? Because actually, you could look at those initial behaviors of Br'er Bunny. And if he is being nasty repeatedly to the other animals again and again, every single day, actually, is he a bully? Is that in his nature? Mm. Is it Br'er Fox that's the bully? Does Br'er Fox behave like that? to Br'er Bunny all the time, or was that a one-off incident? But it's more about the Br'er Bunny character that I'm fascinated with. I think you could have a really decent debate with Key Stage 2 children regarding Br'er Bunny and actually is he Mm. a bully or not.
0: Can I ask, to to have that debate with them, would you already be starting to pick out on some of the other Br'er Rabbit folklore or would you just use this story?
2: I think initially you would use that story because it's very much from this point of view, is he a bully Mm. in this story? And then rather like every good lawyer there is out there, You bring in more
0: evidence. (laughs) More evidence, yeah.
2: So, actually, if I'm bringing in more evidence, what does this story tell you about Brer Rabbit? And what about this one? And does the weight of evidence show that Brer Bunny is a bully, or does the weight of evidence show that he isn't? Hmm. You know, I've said at the beginning that bullying isn't cut and dry, it's not easy to define and it's not easy to discuss. And I think what I have found is that dealing with, it, with that focus on friendship, as Helen said, is actually much easier than dealing with the language of bullying and anti-bullying. Mm. You know, I've been in schools before now where we've had friendship week. We haven't had anti-bullying week. We've just had friendship week. But in mm. a sense, that then doesn't deal with the language of bullying that gets yeah. bandied around all too often. And I think to help children understand what it is and isn't and to really look at Br'er Bunny, because I think there is an argument where he is. A believe, with the way that he's behaving towards the other animals? Certainly at the start Absolutely. of the story. Yeah. Mm. You know, is that his nature at the start? Because it seems to be. And then when he yeah. goes up to Tar Bunny, as Helen said, you know, with his paws and using his paws because he was just very frustrated that Tar Bunny was ignoring him and was not giving him the responses that he wanted, actually, mm. again, that seemed inbuilt in his nature to behave that way. He wasn't getting the responses that he wanted. So he hit out. Yeah. And then he changes. But actually, the question then is Is he a bully? Could he have been defined as a bully in that story? And my question to you, Chip, is Did you choose the story <laughs> for anti bullying week because you felt that Brer Bunny was the bully or because Brer Fox was the bully?
0: Oh, good question. (laughs) In the greater sense of Br'er Rabbit folklore, absolutely Br'er Fox Mm. is the bully. And you see that starting to come here the fact that brer fox doesn't just want to teach bunny a lesson he wants to eat him mm-hmm. you know he's thinking this is a, a great opportunity to catch bunny and end it by by eating him and that is as bad as lashing out against somebody who's not responding you know it's, it's basically violence is the answer yeah. and so i would say in a way at the start of the story brer bunny and brer fox are on an equal footing and The reason why I often share this story for Anti-Bullying Week is to have and to prompt exactly the discussion that you're talking about, because you start thinking, well, bullies can change. And what we think of as bullying is often just someone's initial response to something, which may have come about because of, well... Again, having read Brucken's book, it's I'd say it's less human nature. It's maybe more some of the nurturing, some of the social mm. background that we have, which has led us to respond in a certain way. And I know when we, when we come to our history episode, we're going to be talking about some of the factors that may have led the character of Br'er Rabbit to behave in the way he did at the start of this story. But yes, you can certainly use this story to prompt the discussion, is a bully a bully for life or can they change?
2: Absolutely.
0: Has, has that answered your question? I, yeah.
2: <laughs> it ha- no, it has. It was just very interesting, as I say, when I was sort of really thinking about the story and the theme and knowing the various stories, it was just like, actually, I wonder why you've chosen it. But as you say, is someone a bully for life or just, you know, if you look at, I hate to bring the film up, but I'm going to go back to the future. Back to the Future.
0: Mm, Why do you hate to bring that up? It's a great film.
2: I, isn't it a brilliant film? <laughs> um, but in that film, you've got the character who, you know, bullies Michael J. Fox yeah. and the various parents, etc. And actually it is an overcoming him. But, sorry if this is a spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't seen the film, but in overcoming him in the past, that completely changes their future. But they have to learn to overcome him. And then actually what you discover is that he is a completely different character in the future which would be Mm. the present, (laughs) (laughs) due to that overcoming bullying. But I think it's really interesting because I think a bully isn't necessarily for life. But as Helen said, children need to learn to overcome. Children need to learn to be resilient and children need to learn what to do when faced by a bully.
0: Mm. And I think that again is is the reason why I would usually go with this story is mm-hmm. because it's one of the rare examples I guess where the bully is the protagonist or the character who is exhibiting the main traits of a bully is the protagonist from the outset. And then once you have shared this story, you can start sharing other Br'er Rabbit stories mm. where, and you can call them Br'er Bunny stories, where he is more of a hero to those around him or he is more like a, an Anansi sort of trickster or a coyote kind of trickster. He, he gets away with it and he does so in a way that is fun and you know having a, a bit more of a laugh against other bullies and, and other villains so that you are really giving the opportunity to explore more the sorts of ways that you can be resilient you're learning the same lessons that Brer bunny does learn in the story Mm -hmm. that you know once he starts using his mind more that gives him some extra resilience and that gives him as well some extra compassion
2: yeah
0: is that a lovely note with which to end our pshe discussion or do you have thinking that
1: (laughs) yeah it would be if if we had it. did it be a nice note a nice note to end on (laughs)
0: That's all we have time for in this episode, folks. If you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast, or if there's a subject you're soon to teach that you'd like us to cover, you can find us on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world, so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable and enjoyable all at the same time tomorrow bread bunny will help us teach english but right now it only remains for us to say cheerio and we hope to hear your story soon so cheerio Cheerio. and And we hope hope to to hear hear your story story soon